0: And uh, we just invite Jared up here, and like, random thing, re- reading through Malachi three, and it says, "We at the bottom of it, it says, um, we started a book of remembrance.'" Yeah, it's kind of cool. I was like, "Whoa, that's that's exactly what we talked about last week." So, kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Awesome. You. Thank you. Love you too. Yeah, I love that he mentioned that. So, if you weren't here last week, or if you forgot the homework, or your dog ate your homework. We want our families, we want every family to create a book of testimonies, a book of remembrance to where we write down, write down your story of how you came to Jesus. So your kids can read it, right? Have your wife write down her story of how she came to Jesus, write down how you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When it happened, tell the story. Like you're, I can't remember all the details. Then tell the details you do remember. Write down... When God provided a miracle for your family, when God healed someone in your family, someone you know, write them down as a testimony of God's faithfulness with your family. See, we're creating, we're creating history with God. And those testimonies are redeemed history that belongs to us, that will sustain us, that will be strength to our bones and nourishment to our bodies from then going forward. It belongs to us, the testimony. And so if you missed last week, it's a really critical, very important um, anchor for the new season that we're entering into, to remember the testimony of God and to know we can pull what he's done in the past into any circumstance because he's not bound by time. Because the Bible says, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, forever. Would you say that? Jesus Christ, Jesus the same, same, yesterday, today, and forever. And so remember that I'm trying to just shift how we think about terms. Like when we say God is faithful, what, do you, what am I about to say next? Faithfulness is not bound by time. It's a, it's a timeless word because it's saying God was faithful back then, He's faithful now. He will be faithful in the future. God is merciful. Well, God was merciful in the past. He's merciful now. He will always be merciful. God is just. God was just in the past. He will be just now. He will be just going forward. So the things that you learn about God, they become a past, present, future experience for you. Yes, they are. Come on. <laughs> We were in Sunday school today, and Shagoon's taking us through the book of Acts and how Paul goes from Saul, who's standing there giving the orders for Stephen to be stoned, to just a couple chapters later preaching the gospel. Yeah. Is telling the story of Peter, how he came to know that it was okay for Gentiles to be saved. And it was interesting to me. Um, so when Peter had his vision, I think it's uh, Acts 9 or somewhere in there. Okay. I, it, I wrote this down. I wouldn't, I'm not going to speak on this, but it's, it's part of the segue into the sermon. <clears throat> it says that the sheet came down from heaven, and on this sheet, the four corners were lowered down, and on it were all kinds of animals, clean and unclean animals. And how many times did that dream or vision happen to him? Three times. Why is that number important to Peter? He denied Christ three times. The rooster crowed, right? Yeah. He, he went out and was skipping rocks and angry and having a pity party. And Jesus appears to him and says, hey, feed my sheep. How many times did Jesus say that to him? Exactly. Three times. It's like three became this language that he has with God. I, I can imagine that, that Peter, when he was in doubt or needed to know where to go, that God would do things in triplicate for him. Like, that's my language for you. Yeah. What what is your history with God? What have you experienced that becomes your language? There's some funny ones for me that I I give from time to time examples. Um, when I see numbers on a clock, when I like it happens specifically when I look up at a digital clock and the number will change from eleven thirty one to eleven thirty two. For example, is God telling me be ready? There's a transition coming, yeah. and I and I was like. I would see this randomly all like everywhere I would look or I'd look down at the odometer and it would shift and I would look at this and it would turn and I would look. I was like, God, what does that mean? He's like, I'm telling you when you see this thing happen often, I'm telling you that there's a transition or a shift in the season. It's become my language. So now I know when I see it, pay attention. Notice, don't miss this thing. And he'll do it multiple times to get my attention because it's our language. It's the one of the ways that God speaks to me. What do you have? What is your history with God? Write it down. Make it plain. Um, a, a, a book of remembrance so that your family will know the faithfulness of God. Amen? Amen. So has anyone started it? Don't raise your hands. I don't, want, I don't want anyone shamed in the room. Start your family book of testimony, your family book of remembrance. Because our kids need to know that God is faithful. Yes. They need to know that he's not, he's not um, nervous by whatever's going on, on in the world. Yeah. Like, it's been really bad before, it will be really bad again, and God is faithful in all of it. He's faithful, and our kids need to know that. That even when the church is persecuted, God does miracles and signs and wonders in the middle of persecution. Yeah, right. They need to know that. They need to know that we have a history with God. So I just want to bless your family history. So, Father, I just as we move on in the service... I bless every family here, those that listen to the podcast. We bless your families right now. You are important to us. You're important to God. Your story, your history with God is important. And so God, I ask that you would take us on a journey of remembrance over the next few weeks, that you would remind us of things we've forgotten, testimonies, miracles, times that you answered, maybe even when we didn't even pray and you answered the deepest longing of our heart. We ask that you would remind us so that we can remember would you say that God remind us so we can remember? So we can remember. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Come on, so that our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids will know that God is the true God and He's faithful. Mm. In Jesus' name. <laughs> uh, he is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's my God. How many have learned that? He's he's your God. And no one can steal those encounters from you. That's the thing about encounters. While we we talk about encounters, while we want everyone to encounter God, because no one can steal it from you. Arguments can be stolen by a better argument, (laughs) by a wiser arguer. (laughs) But experiences cannot be stolen from you. So even when the apostles were being persecuted, they were said, don't speak the name of Jesus. Don't talk about him anymore. Don't preach his gospel. And they said, we can't help but tell of the things we've seen and we have heard. Like we can only talk about our experiences. So this is a time for you to rise up. Isaiah 60, arise and shine. Come on, this is time for our church to shift and turn a corner. It's time for you to win souls. It's time for you to see miracles in the marketplace. I love as Shagoon was saying. He'll just take people and pray right there at work in the store. Yes, do that. Yes, Prophesy. Amen. You guys okay? Yes. Amen. Uh, there's a whole world out there that needs to know that God's alive, that he's not dead. Come on. And he's willing and able. Yes. Thank you. She was here. She remembers Last week, God, if you're willing, if I'm willing, absolutely I'm willing. I'm the most willing of all. Well, if you're able, if I'm able, I'm the most able of all. That's right. He's willing and he's able. Lord, we just love you. We ask that you would say the things that we need to hear in the remainder of our time. I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and bring a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. That's the goal here. We want to know you We want to know you and the power of your resurrection and even the fellowship of your suffering. God, I ask that there will be shift take place in our lives today. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you want to open your Bibles, I may read or I may refer to, but we'll be Mark chapter eight. And then we'll, we'll quote some other scriptures, but Mark chapter eight, 27 through 38. A few weeks ago, I jumped into this message. It was December 1st. And it was called free indeed. Anyone remember that? If the sun makes you free, then you are free indeed. And the question that came up that, that I was pondering and thinking about was, is freedom instant or is freedom a process? And my brain wants to tell me it's a process because my experience tells me that freedom never happens overnight, it seems like. But the gospel says... You go out of, the, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light in an instant. So the disconnect isn't with the gospel being able to set people free or to heal people or to deliver people instantly. The disconnect is that I don't necessarily believe it. And I want us as a church to begin to experience the radical and the supernatural things that God wants to do because we've partnered in belief that he can do it right now. We don't have to wait for something to come. We don't have to go through a process for people to be healed, that they're healed instantly. Now, I'm not against doctors helping heal people. That's a calling on their life. Let's not take, take away the gift God has given our healers. It's beautiful what they do, whether it's it's physical doctors or emotional and social doctors that that deal with the mind and the emotions. It's beautiful what they do. We don't want to disregard giftings that people have. But what I do want to do is to also see the instant breakthrough that Jesus can bring. I want both. I know that there will be people this year that come in here that get saved, that have addictions, that will be instantly delivered. I know it. I also know that there will be people this year that you speak to that may not be instantly delivered, but have to go through a process. I understand that. But I don't want to live in only one extreme. I want to see people come to wholeness, whatever that looks like but I can't believe more in the gradual progressive deliverance than I do believe in the instant freedom that comes from the gospel of Jesus. I can't believe more in one than the other. Actually, if I'm going to believe in, more, in one more than the other, I need to believe that it's instant. Because either Jesus paid the full price at the cross or he didn't. Either when he said, it is finished, it was finished, or he still has work to do. And I don't believe that he still has work to do. I believe that he has entered into the rest from his work. He came and he accomplished the will that his father sent him to accomplish. And when he was at the cross, he said, it is finished. It was done. So what I want us to do is I want us to be okay with the confrontation of my lack of belief. And I want to shift it into belief. Now, now, many of you, you've probably known the Lord a long time. Most people in the room, and listening to the podcast, have known the Lord for some period of time. The only way to shift from unbelief to belief is to just believe. Like, I can sit here and say, man, I really want to get off this stage where I can see everyone's face. And I can sit here and say that. Or I can just step off the stage where I can see your face. Like, it's, it's just a decision like, well, it's not that simple. It was that simple when we were saved. Yeah. One day you were like, yeah, I believe Jesus is the son of God and I want him to be the Lord of my life. And it was done. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. Some of you scared, <laughs> nervous, make sure if you're not right now is the time to do it. Either, <laughs> Come on. either we demand something from our faith yeah. or we become faithless. Either we point our faith at an impossible topic or we lose our faith. Either we ask God for impossible things and we cry, come on, and we believe God for impossible things or we become people with no faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I'm, I'm wanting to stir us into a new realm of faith where we're looking for impossibilities yes. to point our faith at. Like, well, I don't want to get my hopes up. It's impossible to get your hopes up in the kingdom. Yeah. Come on. Did you know the Bible even has a scripture for that? Those who hope in the Lord will never, what? Oh, come on, say it. Those who hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. Come on. Well, well, I didn't get the thing I asked for. If my hope is in him, I can never be disappointed. I may grieve. Come on. I, I, may, I may suffer that this thing did not happen, but I can't be disappointed in who God is. because he's faithful. Whether he does the thing we pray for or not, he's faithful. Yeah. Yes, he is. And I really feel just this stirring for Fire Life. To, our name has a little power to it. We were specific when we named it, like, Fire Life. Like, you, you, you can't, what church do you go to? Fire Life Church. Well, boy, you better believe in something if you say, right. you better see some fire and some life. And you're like, well, I see where we are, and I feel the calling, and there's tension between those two places. Good. Yeah. There should be tension, because that tension is pulling us into a new realm. And we have to have something to point our faith at. Amen. Come on. Come on. We have to. Come on. <laughs> we have to point at the impossible thing and say, you have to bow. Jesus is greater than you are. This family situation you're going through, point your faith at it and say, I'm not hopeless about this thing anymore. Yeah. I'm miserable. The Bible says we, when we have no hope, we are the of, of, of most miserable of all people. We're the most miserable when we have no hope. So we need to look at things with the eyes of hope. And the way we do that is we train ourselves to see things differently. We see ourselves and we see our lives and we see the the impossible things that have already been conquered and we bring those remembrances. We bring those testimonies into the now and we point our faith at this impossible thing and we go for it. Amen? Amen. I'm going to open a topic. I'll have to close at some other point point in time. <clears throat> I know you love it when we do that. We're like, well, I'll finish this at another day. It's not a cliffhanger, it's just I don't have time to finish it. It's not on purpose. I'm not that smart, right? To... <laughs> <laughs> to that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am that smart. Yeah, See in the Bible, the woman at the well was instantly changed when she met Jesus. In the Bible, Mary Magdalene, who was filled with seven demons, was instantly changed when she met Jesus. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery immediately became an evangelist the moment she met Jesus. The demon-possessed man, multiple men, children, became set free the moment Jesus said, be free. Dead people were raised when Jesus said, wake up. Lazarus came forth when Jesus just said his name. Gosh. (laughs) Lazarus, come forth. What does he say before that? I am the resurrection. I am the life. He who believes in me, though he was dead, will be raised. Amen? I can't look at these encounters in the Bible and say those were just for that time. It's sinful, ouch, I just thought through what I'm going to say, I am going to say it this way. It's sinful to read the Bible like it's an old story. It's sinful to read the Bible as if these are old stories. They're not Bible stories. These really happened. And they weren't just for a time back then, they're for now. And here's where I want to go, because I want to take this into identity. Just real short, real quick. If we believe that Jesus can set us free, can deliver us, can heal us, can save us instantly, then we can also become a new creation instantly. Y'all know the scripture, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17. If you want to write it down, write it down. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is... In Christ, He is a new. new creation. The old is gone. All things have been made new. All things. Come on. New creation. Yeah. Now we live in this, the tension of I know I'm a new creation, yet sometimes I act like the old creation. I mean, anyone else besides me? Like, mm, I felt old and familiar. I don't like that. We have to now believe that we're a new creation and we begin to walk out being new creations. Yeah. I don't want us going forward to feel like we have to deconstruct all the stuff that we've used to cover ourselves. I want us to just be new. Yeah. Come on. Here's what I mean by that. So in the garden, when they were fearful because they had disobeyed God, it says, we were afraid and we were naked. So we hid from you. And in our hiding, we came up with this wonderful plan to create clothes for ourselves because we were scared that you would see that we're naked and know that we sinned. From that point on, that has been what we do when we do something we shouldn't do or don't do the good we should. We are fearful of God because we have been exposed as being something that we're not supposed to be and we want to hide that so no one knows that we're really like that and for some reason the church has fallen in love with this process of get gloriously saved you're a new creation. We preach it like it's oh so, like who wouldn't sign up for this? It's the best message ever, right? And then a few years later, here we are putting on our own clothing, our own righteousness that we cover ourselves with. Because if people really knew me, they wouldn't like me. That's the biggest lie. <sighs> and it causes us to hide from one another, and it causes us from from being to be afraid of having real conversations with one another. I was having uh, just a talk with with Mandy the the other day, and I was like, I just want to tell the truth all the time. I don't want to have to think about what I'm saying, if it's going to hurt someone's feelings or not. And I don't mean like just being a a jerk. I mean like actually telling someone the truth. Like I want to be able to tell the truth. I'm afraid to tell the truth because I don't want to hurt someone, or I'm afraid to tell the truth because then they'll know who I really am, right? No, we must be people of truth. We must speak truth. We must demonstrate truth in our lives. We must let people see who we really are and know that they're not going to leave us or punish us. I went a long ways to get to this, right? Uh, Here's what I mean. I'm working through some things. I'm working toward wholeness. I'm, I'm a little bit more free than I was before. I'm a little bit more healthy. I'm working towards being healthy. No, you are healthy. If you are in Christ, you are healthy. Yeah, but I don't always act it. Your identity comes first, and then you act it out first. Then it becomes your new personality. Yeah. You're like, well, it feels phony. That's okay. It's your old man trying to trick you. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Like I don't want to be a hypocrite. No, being a hypocrite is hiding. Yeah. Did you know that that's literally where that word came from? The word hypocrite described people that would put on plays and they would wear masks to be different characters on the stage. So anytime I'm hiding who I really am, that's when I'm really a hypocrite. Not when I let people see that I may be a jerk sometimes. You rob yourself and I rob myself and I rob other people of real friendship when we hide. Of real community when I'm so afraid to let people see me. Now, this is the part of this message that's great. I trust you, you trust us, you trust people in the room, right? What are we afraid of? Yeah. Come on. It is time for every one of us to arise, shine, and be who God called us to be. Man. Mark 8 tells us, Mark 8, 27 through 38 or 39, he says, if you try to preserve your life, you will lose it. Yeah. What he means, preserve, is the same word as sozo which means save, heal, delivered. If you try to save your life, you will lose your life. If you try to heal your own life, you will lose your life. If you try to deliver yourself, you will lose yourself. And the way we do that is we cover ourselves, we cover ourselves with clothings and personalities and and (laughs) ways of being with people that keep us safe at a distance. Are y'all tracking with me? Is this making sense? On, uh, and God says, no, I want you to be free to be who you are. It doesn't mean be sinful. No, come on. Well, I just, I'm going to be who God, who God made me to be. I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be. I'm going to be the real me. Sometimes that's just rebellion talking. Yeah. But for our purposes today, it's us hiding. It's got to stop. But if you will give your life, for Christ's sake, you will find life. You will find freedom. And what I long to see in 2020 for Fire Life Church is that community that we say we want to build goes from a game night here or there, I'm going there, goes from a lunch here or there to really being in each other's lives. Yeah. And that's going to take something from all of us. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm at the top of the list. I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm willing to change. I'm talking about this because I'm willing to go there. I'm not afraid of anyone in this room. I'm not afraid of anyone in the podcast. We've been together a long time, most of us. I would fight for you. I really would. I would fight for the relationships being created here. I would fight for your family. Like, I give myself to you. I feel like God has given me the responsibility to care for this house, and I want to do it in a better way. I want you to know me. See, we I've learned for so many years, and we practiced for so many years how to hide I'm the person that really only two or three people in this world really, really know me. Mandy, my kids, obviously, my brother and my brother-in-law, they really, really know me because I let the guard down and I tell them things that I would be ashamed to tell other people. And what I'm doing, and there's discretion here. We've taught the rings before, right? The relationship rings like in the circle, there's room for one person. That's you and God. And then there's one more person in the next ring. That's only you and your most important relationship. And then there's like two or three. That's like your kids, your mom and your dad. And then as you go out, the person at the grocery store, right? The person that you see in the break room at work, they don't get access to the same place in your heart that your wife gets. That's dangerous, yeah. but they do get access to the real you, just not the secret place. So this is going to take some practice. Yeah. Come on. This is going to take some practice and it's going to take some trust and it's going to take some brave communication, but I know, <laughs> here's the reason why. We were talking recently about the church and and um, just looking at who we have here, and they're like, like everyone there is are a leader in some way. Like you have leadership capabilities and abilities. That means you're going to be leading something going forward. So that means this group should be really close. We should get closer, all of us. Because when God brings increase to this house, guess who's pastoring the increase? All of us. Every one of us. And we need to have really tight, close relationships when that happens. It's funny because I think it was maybe even last Sunday on our way home, Josiah's like, man, I just love our church. I was like, when your almost 15-year-old says they love church, you're like, mmm. Like, oh, oh, do a dance. Like, that's the best. He's like, everyone there is so fun. Like, I love it. He's like, I don't want it to grow. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) He's like, I'm afraid that if it grows, then we won't feel like that anymore. I was like, mmm, that's a lie. I get it. (laughs) Some of you are laughing because you're nervous. Like, oh, I felt the same thing. (laughs) We can multiply the feeling that we get when we come together. We can do that. God wants to show us how to do that. And the way he does it is he knits our hearts together. You hear me? He knits our hearts together. All of us in this room, he knits our hearts together where we have one goal, one purpose, and we serve one another and we love one another and then that feeling that we have will be spread to who however many God wants to bring into this house. Amen. Come on. Amen? but we've got to be brave. How many are ready to be brave? Come on. Brave. Oh. Last thing. Try to figure out how I want to tell it. So I, Mandy and I have always had a good marriage, right? Always had a good marriage. Other than when she tried to beat me up the first year of marriage. But that's a joke. <laughs> Probably deserved it. <laughs> uh, we Always had a good marriage. Really good marriage. We've always had fun together. We always shared. But something happened, I don't know, 10 years ago, 8 or 10 years ago. And a light bulb went on in my head that said, she should have access to every part of you. I thought we talked about that when we gave our vows, right? But it didn't translate into the marriage until later. And then we made a shift. Like, we don't have any secrets. Even if it's a scary secret, we don't have secrets. I'm serious. No secrets. They're not allowed. I may get mad. She may get mad. But there are no secrets. Good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. There are no secrets. We belong to each other. We're one. How can we be one if we have separate things? And when that shift took place, our marriage went from good to great. Like, you know, when when I I made the the decision, like, I'm serving God the rest of my life, like, that issue is completely resolved. It felt similar. Like, this covenant was just strengthened, like, this is different. This is different. I want us to have a similar, appropriate relationship in this house, where we knit ourselves to one another. We give give people the appropriate access to our heart, and let people see who we are. Does that make any sense? Now, I, this is where I wanted like say, "Hey, what are you, what are you thinking?" Someone. Tell me, what are you thinking? Just yell it out. I don't care. I'll repeat it so the podcast... The, let me just say it. There's like 1,100 different people pod, podcast listens every month. 1,100, which which means there's a lot more that listen to the podcast than are even part of our church. It's crazy. Now, I'm not saying 1,100 people. 1,100 distinct downloads to the podcast every month. So that's why we speak to them sometimes. Hey, how are you... <laughs> So, and yell out. What are you thinking with, with this? Anything? It's great. Okay. Anyone nervous? Anyone feeling anything else? We're going to walk it out. We're going to map it out. We're going to practice it. It's easier than we think. Yeah. Change that needs to be made. Yeah. Laying down one's life for your friends. Laying, I like, yeah, there you go. Laying down your life for your friends. The relationship feels better when you know someone's not going to leave the relationship because they disagree. That's why living together before you get married is such a bad idea. Because you're holding over that other person's head. Well, if I really don't like the way you do things, I'm out. We can't do that in the church. Like, are we in covenant relationship or are we not? Anyone else thinking anything? Well, stand. Not quite how I prepped this, but it'll work. So they hid, they made themselves clothes, but then God comes in, Genesis 3.21, and he made them clothing. He made them new clothing that was more fitting for them. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, We are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is filthy rags. He goes on and he tells us in Romans 13 that we're supposed to cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light and to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to be clothed in him. (sighs) Galatians 3, 26, 27 says, For as many of you... We're baptized into Christ and you have put on Christ. We're clothed in Christ. Father, I ask that you would come and, and just clean this up, translate it, whatever it needs to do for it to be deposited into our hearts, the way you've put it in my heart. There's, there's a longing in me and I, I think more than just me. I feel like a lot of us in this room are longing for real community, lifelong friendships, lifelong connections where we see the glory of God come and we get to celebrate it together. God, I pray that you would make us brave. Someone, someone say that. Make me brave, God. <laughs> Let's pray it like this. Father God, I ask you to help me to be humble and to be brave. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to close it out. We want to pray for you. So they're going to come up and give instructions. Happy New Year. That was a little bit different message, but Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That was a good message. It really was. That's heavy. I mean, as far as like he started out with, I want to live like Jesus is who he says he is, you know, like I want to give Jesus to people, you know, and they'd be set free. I want to actually pray for somebody, you know, and like, it just like, just step out. And, and anyway, I just, I, I encourage yeah, the bravery. I, Chris Valden says, what would, what would, what would your life look like if you were 10 times more bold? And you're like, uh, oh, I don't know. And you start dreaming that up. And then he says, anything less than that is is we have fear in us, you know, just like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being ruled by a little tiny fear. You know, It's like, I want to lay hold of a community that the Lord has for us. And that's, I don't know that, like you said, there's people in here that long for community. I'm one of those. Like I've, I've had a little bit of taste of it in the past. And I was like, I know it can be so much more. As you grow in the Lord, it can be so much more. And so, and uh, uh, I don't know. So my risk for myself is, is I want to, I want to see Jesus in your life. So I'm going to try to pray for you guys. I mean, I, I up here in the altar ministry, but like, just actually get to know you. I want to see the inside of y'all's homes. I want y'all to see the inside of my home. You know, I, I want, just, just be bold. Just take steps out. Just like, you know what? I'm doing it. You know, I don't have time. Well, I'm going to make time. I'm going to start canceling stuff. I'm going to start, I don't know, just like this. What does life look like when Jesus rules a community? <laughs> yeah that's good, thank you, Jared. Thank you so much, guys. we want to pray for you. we love you um altar ministry if you want to come up um uh, uh if you need prayer for anything whatsoever, if you want to just see jesus show up if you're if you're one who you want prayer, but like maybe you just i don't know like you just i don't you don't feel like coming up to get prayer because of i don't know just some maybe a um a boldness thing, you know, step out today, get prayer. Um, And uh, if you need freedom, if you need uh, healing, if you need, uh, if you never, if you don't know Jesus, you know, we would love for that today to be the first day uh, that you just submit your life to Jesus. And it is incredible. So we love you guys. We bless you. Um, Come up and get prayer and look forward to building an incredible community. I love you guys.